You're listening to The Itch. My name is Casey. My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. And this week, we're scratching The Itch to celebrate a holiday weekend right. (laughs) You know, I feel like all year long, first time things are happening for The Itch. It's always new events and stuff we've never done before in some way or another. And Labor Day weekend was no exception. We did a thing. We were all in St. Louis and there were two nights that had plenty of shows for us to select. And so we actually ended up splitting up both nights and covering totally different shows, not necessarily for the sake of podcast coverage, but just because these are the shows we really felt like seeing on those nights. And so Casey and I went and saw a show on Saturday and then another one on Sunday. And then Dan and his wife, Hannah, went and saw a show on Saturday and another one on Sunday. And we had some friends along the way that you'll you'll meet throughout this conversation. But four shows, back-to-back nights. If this wasn't Itch Fest, then I don't know what would be. Yeah. <laughs> if only we, only we could them. have just put our stamp, yeah, stamped our name on it and combined them. Everybody, yeah, you're all coming to one show, or at least two days back-to-back. Yeah, yes. and before we dive right into it, we have to at least call attention to the one show that we didn't attend that happened, yeah. <laughs> and that was Dead Poet Society at the Duck Room, which would have been a phenomenal show, but we missed it. That was Saturday night. Yeah. Dead Poet Society, they were a victim of circumstance. We just literally couldn't be in multiple places at the same time. But they have new music out and it's fantastic. So check out Dead Poet Society and go back in the archives and check out the time that Casey and I saw them in Kansas. Yeah. We tried to be everywhere at once. Uh, we just can't split ourselves in half and, and go, and then see, go. Yeah. You know, two shows at once. Yeah. I mean, if they would have started later, I'd have been all about just, you know, seeing a show and then going to see another show. We legitimately worked out the logistics to see if we could pull it off. Yeah. And we couldn't. Right. <laughs> we tried. <laughs> so, Dan, why don't you lead us off and, and tell us about your Saturday night experience and who you went to see? Yeah, I was thinking that I should because we drove downtown. First off, it was me, my wife, and itch bestie, Jeremy. You might remember him from the non-point trip to Kansas. Mm-hmm. He joined. He actually drove, which was awesome because... I don't know. I'm just not a fan of driving downtown for one, and especially when I have to park like near the stadium and it's a Cardinals game going on. Nah, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks, Jeremy. You're the best. It's true. The the old rock house is a very downtown venue. Yeah. Yeah. Like you literally get right off the highway in the middle of the city. Yeah. And then it's right there. And there was a Cardinals game going on. And so it was just it was it was packed. So, yeah, he drove us down there. There was only two bands that whole evening. It was just Kingdom Collapse and Fame on Fire. And this was Fame on Fire's first headlining tour. So um, and this was actually the first show on this tour. So I was I was really, I guess, curious and worried a little bit. Curious to see if there were if everybody was going to show up, because for one, you had a Cardinals game going on. You had Corey Taylor playing across town. You had all kinds of stuff going on. You know, Dead Poets Society. We just mentioned them at Blueberry Hill. So. There's a lot of, you know, we say this all the time. There was a lot of, of people vying or a lot of uh, things going on, events vying for your attention around town. And so I was I was hoping that everybody would show up for Fame on Fire and they did. All right. Yeah, we got to the old rock house. And for, so for one, I had no idea because I've only been there one time. It was to see Nonpoint back in like 2011, I believe. And 
because there wasn't that many people there for non-point at the time, it was just a small venue and like they didn't open up anything or at least maybe they didn't have an upstairs. I don't know. So they have an upstairs. They have like a balcony area in this place. And I had no idea. I've been there before. Didn't know at all. Um, so <laughs> once we noticed that and how like close it was to the stage, uh, we definitely headed for the balcony. Um, got the r- first on the rail seats up at the top. And so uh, Kingdom Collapse started very quickly. Like that was the other thing that was great is like it, it, it the show started and the first band was on it. Was, you know, there wasn't like any dilly dallying around, really. <laughs> <laughs> but Kingdom Collapse started. They sounded great. My only my only issue was this because we were upstairs. And we we're kind of already to the left side of the balcony area. There wasn't a lot of space on the, the stage because the Fame on Fire's drums were already set up. And so Kingdom Collapse had to set up their drums to the left of Fame on Fire's drums, which was basically where we were, you know, so their stage right, our, we're on on the left. And and uh, and so, like, the, the thing I noticed about Kingdom Collapse drummer, too, is he pounded the shit out of those drums. <laughs> nice. Always love that. Yeah, he's a strong dude. Like, he's built like a brick shit house, <laughs> And yeah, like, arms could, like, take my arm off. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, like, he's hitting these drums real hard and because he's already shifted to the right and I'm on the right. Like, his drums were very overpowering for that set. And I, I will say that, like, as the as the set went on, the sound guys definitely, I, can, I think, kind of boosted everything and to, uh, to even out the levels, and they definitely did a good job throughout the night adjusting to what was going on on the stage and and making sure that they, um, you know, that everything sounded good by the by the you know time the bands got rolling. So yeah, Kingdom Collapse was actually really good. The, the one thing that surprised me is that I knew a lot more of their songs than I thought I was going to, but it turns out like my wife has Octane, uh, which is satellite radio for those that don't know, and she listens to Octane all the time. And this is like a band that gets played on Octane a lot. Like every single that they release is is played on Octane a lot, so uh, we were very familiar with with their songs, and and they play they did a really good job. The one thing I thought was hilarious, I just want to mention before I'm done talking about Kingdom Collapse, is they had had one of those stands on the um on the stage, like one of those uh, stools, you know, mm-hmm. metal stool kind of, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like the the guitarists and the bassists, they jumped up there occasionally, or they put their foot out there. It was so funny because the singer avoided it like it was the plague. Like he'd just walk around <laughs> it and just walk to the other side of it in between the uh, bases. Like there was, like I said, there wasn't a lot of room on stage and they had this big thing. It was probably maybe two, you know, two foot by three foot. And like he did not stand on it, but once or twice the entire set. <laughs> so I just thought it was really awkward that that was even there. So I don't know if I had any kind of suggestions, get it off the stage if you're not going to use it. Like that's just all, all I have to say. <laughs> but yeah, they were they were really good. Um, I gave them our card afterwards and, and told them, uh, you know, if they want to come on and talk about a tour or any new music, definitely come let us know. They have a brand new single called Never Be Like You that just came out. I'm sure that they played that. Yes, they did. Yeah, they did. It was it was really awesome. Um, great single. Um, and it's already, like I said, already getting played on Octane as well. So uh, they're definitely doing well for themselves. They they are playing the singles game and they're playing it very, very well. Every single that they have released is being received with success. Yeah. I mean, good on them. Yeah. 
And so then Fame on Fire started and Fame on Fire brought out, I guess, their own light system because you could sell it like the old Rock House had a lighting system up top, but they weren't using it. There was like these, I don't know, it was, it was really crazy. Like, I don't know how or what it was supposed to look like, but it looked like almost like the headlights of a car. <laughs> um, but there were like these neon lights. And the reason I'm mentioning this is because Fame on Fire starts Welcome to Chaos and they get it to the chorus and they fucking stop the song. <laughs> No! <laughs> I was no. like, what? And like, they're like, hold on. We, sorry, guys. Technical difficulty. Technical difficulties. And they run over to the computer. And they're messing with this computer for fucking five to ten minutes. And everybody's getting real antsy. And um, they actually started just playing like their, you know, the waiting music, I guess. <laughs> you know, in between sets. You had Fame on Fire elevator music going on? Yeah. Yeah. We had elevator music. <laughs> No. And so from what it sounded like, and I could be wrong, I didn't get a chance to talk to the band. I was I was hoping I, I could, but I did not. What it sounded like or looked like is that the lights, because the lights were very, very timed to everything that they were doing, the music, the actions, like it was very timed to their set, especially the music. And so I think that that's what happened is the backing tracks, music-wise, got off from their lights and it just threw him off. And it would make sense because, like, if you're expecting the lights to blink at a certain time and they're like, you know, disorientating. Yeah, you, right, so. right. So yeah, they they basically started the set over again and nailed it that time. They didn't have any issues, as far as I could tell. I mean, I, you know, I was getting real into the set after that, <laughs> and I, it could be a figment of my imagination. But he did point to me at the <laughs> up in the balcony, like he did recognize me, and you know, hey, he didn't say anything, but he did point. So, hey, Brian, if you recognize, I saw you too. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you saw him. That's that's good. Yeah, exactly. I have some questions otherwise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, they killed it. Their set was great. They, you know, it was their first headlining set and they, the place was packed for one. Um, I, I was really surprised and, and excited, too, because. Like I said, there was a lot of stuff going on. Everybody showed up and those people knew themselves some fame on fire. They were screaming the lyrics like it was a great time. Like they're, you know, Brian's a great commander up on stage. And, and you know, if everybody's already into it to begin with, like he just knew he had the crowd at his hand and his fingertips. And it was it was a fun show. I had a lot of fun. They played a killer set. And my favorite thing is um, so they actually had like a poll online like what song do fans want to hear on their headlining tour and so they played her eyes which was a, so like a fan voted song and it was I, I mean that was awesome it's off their uh, their album levels a couple of things that come to mind whenever you mention that is, is the, the thought that i literally just had right before you said it was that it's cool for fam on fire to, to do a headline run because they have a set even on a shorter set that we saw it at upheaval obviously you know they have the songs but then the second question we've mentioned this before for anybody who's not familiar fame on fire one of their things it's kind of the thing that put them on the map and they've continued doing it is releasing covers they do you know what we called boy band metal these heavy versions of lots usually pop songs uh, they do them with remarkable consistency even to this day going for that viral kind of situation but for the most part, they don't play those live. No. And so I'm curious for Dan's experience. It sounds like they still really didn't, even with a whole headline set. 
No, actually, it was very reminiscent of the Shiprocked set list because um, they had an hour long to play for Shiprocked, and this was pretty much another hour long set. The only and they they played the same exact cover song for both that set list and this one, which was "Numb" by Linkin Park. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense of all the the selections. The one that probably I would say has the most direct influence on them. And the placement for it was great because, you know, they played all their songs. They did, you know, they got all their real good ones in and then they hit the crowd with numb and then they played the last song with plastic heart, um, which I mean, it was just awesome. Like I, I love the way that they organized their set list for this show. I want to make an observation as well, you know, with Chester's passing and with Lincoln park being largely inactive as an act since then, it's coincided, you know, I'm sure that there's some causality, but it's also really coincided with the rise of a lot of acts that are very clearly Linkin Park influenced. And so I love that you kind of have like another generation of, of similarly minded artists coming up right in the wake of Linkin Park's sort of whatever you want to call it, going on hiatus or just being inactive. And especially whenever they're dropping covers. We've talked before about how nice it is to, to hear a good band do a good cover of a song that is you're going to have a hard time hearing. Otherwise you may not have another chance to hear again by the original artist. Yeah. So they played like 15 songs. So you got your money's worth hours worth of fame on fire and 30 minutes worth of kingdoms collapse. So it was, it was a great set, great show. And the other thing that Hannah said that was really cool about the venue is that you just look out the window and you can see in the, the arch in the background. That was just a really nice setting. I like that. They only brought, one opener and they apparently had no local opener they're like no if we're headlining we are headlining <laughs> we are playing the whole thing <laughs> i mean that you know, that's true but you know the other thing i was thinking too is that dead poet society was playing at blueberry hill and as far as i know Dude. it was just that all the all the bands for that sounded like rock-esque were probably opening for dead poet if i had to guess dead poet society honestly would have been great to join this show as well oh yeah i agree I think they would have fit in perfectly. That would have been amazing. But still really good show just with the two of them. And the one thing I will say is that, so it's my thing that like after I get to, you know, after we interview a band and we see them live, I typically will try to get a shirt signed by them. And so like we wait around after this, after the show and like Fame on Fire is nowhere to be found. Kingdom Collapse is there. Like every single member of Kingdom Collapse is there hanging out. And like, this is also the place where I got to, initially hung out and and changed my life with nonpoint and so like I, I don't know i was just kind of expecting that and i came across the manager that um that helped us at upheaval he was the one that that was gonna hope try to help me introduce them on stage and so i was talking to him i'm like hey i, I don't know if you remember me i'm like dan from upheaval he's like oh hey how you doing it's like i'm i'm great i was like are, you know are they gonna be coming out and hanging out and he's like no <laughs> like, oh, <okay. laughs> we're headlining and then we're bouncing <laughs> yeah, I was like, all right. Uh, so he's like, no, for the V, you know, they don't want to ruin the VIP experience, so they won't be hanging out afterwards. Um, that's just basically for the VIP. I was like, all right, well, I have this shirt and I need to get it signed. So can you help me out? And he's like, yeah, sure. So the dude was amazing. Uh, shout out to him. I, I think his name is Justin. So he ran around, got all the signatures for, for the band and then gave me the shirt. And I, you know, I thanked him. I told him that we are trying to reach out and, and reschedule them at some point to have a, have them on our show as soon as possible. And he said that he'll definitely 
try to help us out with that as soon as as soon as he can. So shout out to him. The dude's awesome. I really appreciate him for everything. Like he's just a really cool down to earth guy for one. But it was really funny because on the way home, Jeremy's driving home. It's dark in the car and I'm looking at my shirt and it's, you know, I'm just in awe. I'm like, I, you know, I got it signed. I'm so excited. And I'm looking at the signatures and I can only see three of them. I'm like, what the hell? Like, and every band member had signed on their picture of themselves except Brian. And I'm like, where is Brian's signature? And so <laughs> I back it up. He went got back. Brian. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> no. Back at a people festival. I got Brian's cell phone number. He t- he texted me and so i texted him and just said hey this is dan from the itch so glad st louis showed up for your first headlining show sorry i didn't get a chance to say hi before we left didn't see you your manager helped get my shirt signed but he seemed to have missed your signature i'll get that another time and then i just said you know i hope the rest of your tour goes well and have a great night and then uh he replied with thank you so much brother uh but i realized Right after I sent that text that he did sign my shirt, he just didn't sign it on his face. And so I had to look a little bit harder and it was like up near the beginning of the <laughs> fame on fire. And so I felt like such an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow. It happened. Yeah. And so I, I literally texted him right back. Like, as soon as he responded, I said, yeah, sorry, I'm an idiot. You did sign my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. That's great. I'm a Dumas. Quick shout out to them before we move on. They are following Eva's footsteps and going on a small run with Pop Evil. Yeah, in between their headlining sets. Yeah. Or no, I'm sorry. Right now, after. Right after after their headlining tour. You're right. Mm -hmm. Sorry, my bad. Good on them. It's good to see these guys on the upswing. Pop Evil is a good get. Yeah. 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 Pop Evil is just taking all of our friends along. (laughs) Right. So, meanwhile, while you were seeing that, KC and I were across town over in the in I don't know was it West County I don't yeah. know what Chesterfield yeah. is I forget yeah. yeah it's West County with my introduction to the outstanding <laughs> venue that is the factory and now I see what the hype is about yeah because we had to go see our boys the oxymorons on their big tour they snagged an opening slot with Wargasm for the Corey Taylor tour yeah so you said the the factory lived up to its hype. Uh, please explain. Well, first, uh, Will Call wasn't that bad this time. We just walked right up. We walked <laughs> it wasn't right bad up. bad at all. Yeah, it was, yeah. literally was nothing. Yeah, right. Will Call was wide open. Yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> wide open. We walked right up. She was already there, and she had the list ready to go. So we had, didn't have to wait at all. Nailed it. For Will Call. We still had to wait in a long line to get in. But it's only because you didn't have two little boys with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think. I think grandson just didn't have it ready in time or whatever, but I, I don't know. Who knows? So I'm, I'm going to, since we mentioned that, um, I don't want to do a play by play of the whole thing, but as Casey mentioned, the will call immediately, I got to note the first person we run into. Yep, It happens every time. It happens every time we go to the factory, we run into somebody we know as soon as we get there. <laughs> Pat. Pat. Yeah. Our friend Pat, who has been following this podcast since it began three years ago, who I've never seen in person, dude walks past and says something to KC, and I'm like, oh, sweet, that guy's wearing an itch shirt. Yeah. Come to find out, it's my pal Pat. The first person I see is wearing our gear. I'm like, that is the coolest thing. <laughs> yep. That's awesome. And the first thing he says to me is, damn, KC, you do stick out in a crowd. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so then I shook his hand and it introduced ourselves, and it was it was awesome. It was great. Which is funny coming from Pat because he's pretty damn tall himself. He is. He is a tall guy. Yeah. Pat was being a good dad. He he brought his teenage daughter to the show, and she was having a great time. Just want to note yeah. that. So kudos to Pat. Yes. <laughs> it was a good weekend of good dads. Yes, yes, yes. it was. Yes, we'll come back to that yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's a great point. Yeah, yeah. To answer your question, uh, the factory parking super easy. Uh, stuff nearby, absolutely. Getting into the place, not a problem this time anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you go in. It is air conditioned out the wazoo. I don't think I sweat a drop the whole night. <laughs> it was perfect. And the, especially before people start filing in, the place is huge. Yeah. Like yeah. the floor is huge out there. I was worried the whole time. I'm like, is even Corey going to fill this floor? Cause this is a big space. And it's just like the balcony is nice. There is restrooms, there's water, there's bars everywhere. The only even very slightest thing I might critique is the lobby area yeah. is a little small, but and strangely arranged because it's just like it's narrow it's yeah then uh, that's the word i was looking for N- it's the narrowness of the hallway doesn't and that's where all the merch stands are set up yeah, it doesn't bode well for merch lines yeah but i mean man like it's it's a great venue and i can understand why it's giving the pageant a run for its money and stealing a lot of the business <laughs> the big shows coming yeah. through, through town <laughs> but um so tell them about who else we saw we saw so many so many people <laughs> right right well first first things first we when we got our tickets we realized hey we technically have balcony seats i wonder if i i can't imagine that there'll be floor seats for this concert because that would just be stupid but so we we walk we walk down to the floor there's no seats it's all open and who's the very first person that we see that we run into it's jaffe and he runs up to us and gives us huge hugs. And he's just like so excited to see us. It was awesome. <laughs> Context, because we should always presume that it's this is somebody's first episode. Yeah. Chaffee is the guitarist of the Oxymorons, the opening act band we've had on here twice. Definitely some of our favorite people in music. Yeah. And he he's such a friendly and loving dude. Just, yeah, just immediately comes out and just wraps us in the love. I have so much love and respect for him because his first our, his first interview with us, he was on vacation in Costa Rica and he still attended. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, the, I love yeah, that. The, the love it's dedication. Holmes. The <laughs> love for us, for them and for them, for us it shown through the whole evening. And it, it, we'll get more into that. But it, it's just it's really cool to to have that that type of friendship with such an awesome band. And I was so hyped about seeing this set. We saw them a, a year ago yep. or so, yep. and it was fantastic. And they've got a new album coming out October 20th, <laughs> as he mentioned many, many times, and got the crowd to repeat back to him many, many times, because that's how you ingrain <laughs> something in someone's brain. Yeah. Very clever moves. And and this set was full of those tracks. We'll get a little more into that in a minute, because I'm sure Casey has more interpersonal tales to tell before we get too far. But I was hyped to hear these songs because all the ones they've released so far have been bangers and you knew they were going to incorporate them. Yeah. So so Pat and his his daughter kind of were to the, the side of us. We we weren't entirely sure where to stand. But then I realized so to the far left is where the doors lead to the for the artists to go down the hallway, the green room backstage, whatever. Yeah, the green room backstage hallway to get up into the stage. So. That's where Jaffe, he said he, after he 
introduced himself and we chatted for a bit. He uh, he's like, all right, I gotta I gotta get my Red Bull. So he went to the bar, got a Red Bull, uh, went through the doors, got ready, got set up. But um, so I had I had a couple friends and and family in attendance. We had Itch Aaron, and then I had my cousin Aaron and his wife. But then my friend Aaron with an E with an E E Aaron. It's a technically a different <laughs> name, but we our clans consider each other cousins. Right. <laughs> And then I had my friend Jerry there as well. And Jerry is a huge Slipknot and Corey Taylor fan. So I was trying my hardest to have the oxymorons. I was trying to get someone from the oxymorons just to introduce Jerry to Corey Taylor just for a a quick second. And uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to make that work. But the whole evening was, was awesome. And we'll... We'll continue talking about that right now. Sam <laughs> so, looks like he has a question. Well, I was just going to say, at least you got to hang out with your band that you went to see. I was expecting to, to at yeah. least say hi to Brian. And you're like, no, cold shoulder. <laughs> now, what's what's funny? What's funny is if you, if you if you had actually hauled it over to the factory after your show, you could have gotten a little bit of time with us at the end. I'm getting ahead of us ourselves, but but it's funny. I mean, obviously, we couldn't have predicted that per se, but looking in retrospect, yeah. Shout out, I want to note something I didn't even actually realize about the Oxys. I probably should have, but exactly how much of Road Warriors these dudes are. They played 140 shows last year, and they're at 80 so far this year. So keeping up that pace, they'll probably roughly match by the end of the year. And they just announced another tour directly after this tour, and it's it's a headline tour for them. Yeah, they're doing some headline dates, and then I have no doubt that something else big will come to to wrap up the year around yeah. album release time and then probably even bigger. Remember earlier at the beginning of the year, they were opening up for sold out shows for bad omens in Europe. And that's, I mean, yep. they've, they've had themselves a year. Yeah. A couple years. Yeah. So they kicked off their set with enemy, which is one of the new singles. And uh, the band is just pure energy. Yeah. <laughs> they come out right out the gate. There's no build. It's just, it's just, let's get right to it. And so the crowd, even as people are still filing in, we talked about it before. Now it's going to be a thing. I think they're just going to probably reference regularly forever. It's that zombie thing. As people just <laughs> zombie effect. They, they smell it in the air and they're like, what's going on? I need to gravitate towards the stage. There's something interesting over there. And they did. <laughs> yeah. And keep in mind. So my cousin and then my friends, this was their first time uh, seeing the Oxys live and I hyped them up quite a bit and they listen, they listen to the podcast and, and, and listen to their songs on Spotify or whatever. And, uh, they were blown away throughout the entire night. This is something that you will see all the time on the socials. And we literally heard from people's mouths at this show following their set is just, this is a band that makes fans through their live shows, both the greatness of the live show and also just the personableness of the band yeah they will win you over and they are just they're fantastic at that even again i'm skipping a little bit ahead but even uh pat who tends to gravitate towards heavier stuff he's our our lamb of god fan (laughs) after after the set he was like he was like you know i was i was pleasantly surprised is the way he put it because again it's just not usually his thing yeah but they won him over they have a very eclectic (laughs) sound that mixes punk and rap and and hard rock and a lot of different sounds 
every song almost can be a different type of genre sometimes exactly. like they like they like they always say you just never know what the oxymorons are going to do because it's never been done right exactly yeah and so let me use that as a segue into their set list so the oxys had a nine song set six of them were from melanin punk the new album that is not out yet three of those were tracks that haven't even been released yet. So a third of these guys set, they were like, we're just dropping these for you right now. You'll hear them. You'll hear them in six weeks or something. And even those, there was so much differentiation between them. Melanin Punk, the title track is a straight punk song. Yeah. And they had this, this awesome song called head for the Hills. That was yep. eerie. Yeah. Is the word I would probably use for it. Yeah. Like it was very ominous in a cool way. And so, yeah, again, to your exactly to your point, these, these tracks all had very unique vibes to them. And that's pretty smart, too, if you think about it, like playing all the songs that, you know, for people that don't know you anyway, probably have never heard your songs like they're not going to be singing along, you know, to the to your your their favorites. So why not play the new music, especially for that big of a crowd that you're going to be playing for? So that's brilliant on their part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they D and, and Jaffe had crowd banter coming out of everywhere and <laughs> yeah for a 40 minute set nine songs there was a lot of talk they were very interactive with the crowd which you usually don't get from the opening acts usually they're like you know we yeah. have a short set we need to knock it out but for one 40 minutes is not a bad opening set at all especially for three bands on the bill right. usually you might be more like 30 but they use that extra bit of time to really you know work the crowd including one story i want to share here because i didn't know this but i thought it was great for one d went to law school and it's just a generally smart businessman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can tell if you go back and listen to our conversations with them, you'll pick up those hints. So he, when they first started out, the whole thing with the oxymorons and they get the crowd to chant this, it's it's two R's, not one is in the name. And the reason that happened is because when they first started out, he found out that there was a 70s punk band called oxymorons, which is one R, the normal spelling of the word. And he approached them to try to you know, purchase the rights to use that name from them. Hey, could we use that if you guys been inactive for, you know, decades? They came back saying that they wanted 25 grand for the name. And he goes, nope. For one, I don't have that money. For two, that ain't punk rock. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, so you guys want to know why we got two R's and not one? Because R's are free. <laughs> <laughs> So that is the story of their band name. And now, you know, <laughs> that's funny. Like we just talked to, you know, well, I'm sure this will be posted later, but we just talked to another band that had to change their name recently as well. It's always interesting hearing the stories of how band names come about or if they had to change because, you know, another band had it or whatever might be the case. Those are fun to hear. You got to look into it. Yeah, because there are so many bands and there's decades and decades of music. Some obscure band in Australia might have your <laughs> your band name trademark or something and they'll come after you. Right at first. You got to really do your due diligence before you, you know, start branding stuff with a name. Might even get you a cake. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Speaking of cake, Casey, how about that other bit, that other thing that interrupted the music? Uh, that you don't see every day. Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So it was, in fact, Dee's birthday at midnight that night. And so towards the end of the set, Corey Taylor brought out a cake for Dee to, to blow out a, a lighter, actually. <laughs> 
which I also want to note that it's super rare for a, a headliner to show up on stage before their headline set, especially on, on the first of three, not even, you know, like the second of three. But you got to you got to take care of your boy and wish him happy birthday. So I also want to mention that D apparently likes coming around St. Louis for his birthday because the last year he was here, it, it just celebrated his birthday when he came here to St. Louis a year ago. Yes. Yeah. Tradition yes. on this date <laughs> that we're recording. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. How yeah. about that? Yep. More synergy all the time. All the time synergy with the oxymorons. Oh, yeah. That's right. So really quickly, Wargasm UK took the stage, and they we, we saw them recently in May, Dan and I, and they, they did a lot of the same same songs and, and same, same crowd banter. So uh, I'll kind of defer to Aaron to get his take, but uh, if you want to hear more about that, you can check out our episode with them and Vended, which also relation to Corey Taylor, and Bloodywood. But they killed it up there. I feel like the factory was almost too big of a venue for them. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, because, I mean, there's quite a few members in the band, but the stage the stage at the factory is so huge. Yeah. But yeah. So, Aaron, what, what, was, your, what was your experience with uh, Wargasm UK? So, Wargasm is a band. They call themselves electronic rock or, or new metal for sure. Yeah, there's technically a two person band. There's Sam Matlock and Milky Way. Yes. And so they're they're from London. They definitely have that grime that like punky like street yeah. vibe to them. They kind of look like they probably don't shower a lot. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the orgasm vibe that I got. <laughs> they definitely have energy. They definitely love the F-bomb and they have a keyboardist who was insane the star of the show <laughs> oh yeah he always is he kind of he kind of stole the show he's he's <laughs> kind of he's short and like jack like not short and like stocky he's stocky yeah and the man the man was just he he was having himself a time on those keys <laughs> hopping around headbanging <laughs> flailing around comes out and does a does a cartwheel at some point in the middle of the set uh I made sure to tell everyone that we were around that was within earshot, like, be, beware of the cartwheel. And he did not disappoint. Because he was spoiling stuff left and right. <laughs> Told me about the cartwheel that was coming. Did he sing the cover song as well? He did. Yes. He did. Nice. And on his on his little uh, case, it said, not a gun. Yes. <laughs> which, which was hilarious. <laughs> so That's just so he can get through the airport. So, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. It's not a bomb, you know. No. Uh, so his name is his name is Adam. There's actually two Adams in the group. Okay. Yeah. There's Adam Breeze as their drummer, and Adam Crilly is their DJ slash vocalist. There you go. And then can't forget Edison Hunter, their guitarist. Yeah. Their sound has been described as the Prodigy meets Slipknot, and I think that that's fairly reasonable. Accurate. Yeah. Yeah. It's accurate. But Adam. Some of the times when he's headbanging and just losing his mind, I, th- I thought he was going to bust his head open on his case because he, mm. he's such such a violent headbanger. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to, you know, all that to say, yeah, they have energy. They definitely had a vibe. Milky Way pretty much wears underwear with a bullet belt. Yeah. And that's that's her thing. So she's out here looking like Tank Girl or something. <laughs> and... <laughs> I'm not going to say it was my vibe, but, you know, they have an audience and this was definitely not the worst uh, 
place to put them. Between these two artists, they weren't out of place. They're better live than than their record recorded sound. I will. That's my my thing with Orgasm UK is they're way way better live than they sound recorded. And to reference the cover you mentioned earlier, they did the the one that that the keyboardist sang. They they do really it was only like forty five seconds or something. I feel like it was very brief. Yeah, it, was, it, it wasn't stuff. the whole thing, but yeah, yeah. yeah as Limp Biscuits break stuff, and that's a song that just sets people off, and so fair play to them for using that in the middle of their set they definitely had a few and i'd have to go find out exactly which ones i'm referring to but a few uh songs that really had some cool i would say like dubstep elements to them that that i liked yeah but i don't know it was like a new metal rave yeah yeah that's a good that's also a good comparison yeah and so they were speaking of new metal they were setting up for you know really one of the i don't know is elder statesman and respectable term yeah yeah one of, one of the godfathers of new metal? Sure. Yeah. Corey and Slipknot, you know, he's he's a huge name and they're one of the few bands that has really stood the test of time, apparently. One so. of the one of the pillars of new metal. Pillars, that's a good word. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> I like that. Corey Taylor, frontman of Slipknot and Stone Sour, and he's he's doing his solo run. He's got his new actually Wargasm, Oxys, and Corey all have new albums out right about now. Yeah give or take a few weeks of this episode dropping. So one thing we got to say before we officially start talking about Corey is right as he took the stage, Dan texts us and is like, our show's over. (laughs) So we're like, oh man, you could probably, probably technically make it. (laughs) I mean, you guys were on the guest list. Um, Yeah. So technically, technically, all except for, for Jeremy, I suppose. My ride. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's true. Okay. This is the show for, and and drop you off and yeah, caught the rest of the set. He's my friend, not my Uber. Like <laughs> I know, but Corey took the stage, and honestly, I was kind of curious what this was going to be because you know, is he strictly going to play his solo stuff? Which I respect the hell out of Corey for just doing what he wants to do when he wants to do it, and he he does it all great. But it, not all of it is is my cup of tea all of the time. But this particular set, it was kind of a greatest hits instead of just yep. CMFT stuff, which was a nice surprise. You want me to do the, the numbers breakdown? Yeah, sure. Go for it. All right. So Corey, including the encore, played a 15 song set. <laughs> it included three Slipknot covers, five Stone Sour covers, and two other covers, which we will definitely make mention of. specifically and that leaves one two three four five of his solo tracks so it was very well balanced yeah so the set honestly it was very interesting to me to hear a slipknot song not by slipknot so you obviously still have Corey, and i have never seen slipknot live and they're not really my favorite act but I'd, i'd be interested i don't remember if you guys have or how many times but i'd be interested in seeing what you what your take would be on the Corey Taylor version versus the Slipknot version. I mean, it's it's obviously stripped down because there's less people and it and he's not in a you know full mask and, and kind of a different persona almost per se. Yeah, but it was it was a it was a different take and I, I kind of enjoyed it a little more than than just watching Slipknot actually. I would imagine that it was a lot less drums. Yes, <laughs> correct. Only one drummer. Correct. Yes. yes. Well, and and he's no uh, Jay Weinberg, Max Weinberg's son. 
the drummer for Slipknot. He's a fucking phenomenal drummer. I will note, so the Slipknot songs they played, just for the record, was Before I Forget, Snuff, and Duality in the encore. Before I Forget, it was like halfway through the set. And really, to be honest, that, again, <laughs> maybe it's just that I've never been that big of a fan of either of the bands. Just I, I kind of only know the bigger songs. But that was really the first song that grabbed me. When they started launching into Before I Forget, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm feeling this. But a couple notes about Corey. For one, he's definitely a consummate frontman. Yes. He is loud. He loves hyping a crowd up. He was rocking a Motley Crue shirt, so he had his influences literally on his sleeve tonight. Yeah. And he was having a good old time with his long, curly mohawk kind mohawk. of thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he's shorter than you than you might think. Interesting. Because he carries himself. He's got a big personality. <clears throat> right, right. But uh, yeah, he was he came out in like a leopard print jacket or something like that. Like he was really yeah. he was really doing CMFT is what was going on. <laughs> I do what I want. <laughs> One thing that we kind of have to call attention to is apparently they were kind of trying to be mindful of COVID since it's kind of spiking a little bit here and there. But then so what's the first thing he he does? He takes a water bottle, takes a swig. And spits it out in the crowd and he did more it than once he did it more than once it's like okay i don't want your covid but you can have mine you know Ew. <laughs> i don't i don't want anybody's i don't care if it's Corey taylor i don't want your covid that's gross you calm that down you, you must be stopped i don't want to be wet at, at a concert period like if yeah. if i get wet it's it's of my choice or it's because it's it fucking raining your own your own sweat it's because yeah. it's raining yeah. right <laughs> But I will also call attention. So he did bust out the uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, which was very interesting to see. <laughs> he did do SpongeBob, and I love that that's become a staple of the set now. <laughs> I think metalheads doing silly stuff is is great, and the crowd loved it. The crowd eats it up. Well, he, he got an acoustic guitar, and he, he gets his stool and sits down, and he's like. All right, so what song do you want to hear? And then some of the members of the of the crowd, you know, yell out SpongeBob, and he's like, "Fuck you!" And then, it, and then he just starts playing it. Nice. <laughs> it wasn't the only time he said that to the crowd. Yeah, but apparently it's a form of affection. <laughs> nice. Yeah, but it was it was an awesome it was an awesome show, and he killed it up there. Uh, I mean, the the musicians that he surrounds himself with do a fantastic job. So if you're a fan of that then you're going you're gonna to love it. So after Corey's done, we're waiting to see if we could run into the oxymorons. And I, I was still, I, at this point, I didn't think we were going to have a chance to, to see Corey, which, again, I wasn't expecting it anyway. So we were kind of just waiting. Then we were getting kicked out of the venue. So we had to move to the lobby. And um, all of the oxys, except for KI, KI was the one member that we did not see the entire evening other than performing, which I kind of thought was interesting. So I'm not entirely sure what was up with that. I think he's just the most private and like, yeah, wants to rest after a show. Cause he wasn't, he, he came out at the one last year, but he was out there probably the least of them even then. Yeah. Introverted. Yeah. yeah. I think he's the, I think he's just the most introverted. He probably was spent on energy after that set. Yeah. So it was, it was kind of a bummer not, not getting to see him, but so we got go out into the lobby and it's just really cool, like I said, being being friends with, with a band such as the Oxymorons and watching them interact with their fans because 
by the time we got to the merch booth, they were pretty much cleared out. Like there was not that much merch left for people to buy. I should also note at this time, Wargasm had cleaned up shop and was done. Their merch wasn't even set up anymore. (laughs) Yeah. And this isn't, you know, this is just to, to emphasize the way that the Oxys interact with people. And Corey's merch was set up, but the Oxys line was long, probably because they were there. Corey wasn't out there, but still, they were out there. They were hanging. They were taking pictures. They were joking. They were in, you know, almost full force, as we said. Yeah. And so they they, they hung out for a really long time, making sure that every person that came through that line, I even saw D giving a little kid like kind of a pep talk, like an inspirational kind of, you know, a few a few statements of of wisdom to impart on a kid. Yeah. And all of all of them were doing that. And like, like I said, it was just watching watching them interact with their fan base and, and seeing the fans just be so excited that they're getting that moment with them and, and watching that happen over and over and over was awesome. So kudos to the oxymorons. We have we have other friends that do the same thing. And that's that's the way you should do it if you're an artist. Yeah, agreed. Not, um, you know, not to throw shade, but not, yeah. you know, just, <laughs> not just uh, hold it, hold it out for the VIPs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, yeah. I'm just joking. No, I, I, no, I, 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 I yeah, no, no, I, yeah, no. I, you know, it, it makes sense to me. But like at the same time, like you, there's other additional stuff that you can do in your VIP package to separate those experiences. Yeah, is my thought. It's a tough one, and I, and I think this is something we could explore in a future episode sometime. But the whole concept yeah. of VIP things, because it, it's really grown post pandemic, yeah. as artists kind of struggle to find other ways of making money. Yes, yeah, I agree. You know, with ticket, you know, Ticketmaster and all of its BS, with venues taking merch cuts, like the cost of travel. Like it's hard to make good money while touring, and so I think that's why you see the rise of the VIP experience. And also, there is they do want to have those fan relations, and that is one way of doing it. And so it's a really interesting, you know, maybe slightly double edged sword, but certainly an interesting way of, of doing things nowadays. But we can come back to that another time. But it's, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, it's something I think about a lot. <laughs> yeah. So it was Dee's birthday, and we'd been reaching out to Chrissy, their manager, and. Uh, she gave us some tips. Uh, we wanted to kind of get D a little something for his birthday. So we, we got him a card. We didn't get the it's your birthday card. We weren't able to find that one, but we got him a, a positive vibes birthday because D's all about positivity. So uh, we got that. And then he's a big fan of gummy candy and sneakers. And uh, we found some kicks gummy candy. So it was sneaker shaped gummies. Perfect. <laughs> so it was perfect. And we, we told him we had a gift for him, but it was out in the car. And he's like, well, let's go out to the car. So, <laughs> so we, we took D out to the parking lot. And by that point, the parking lot had cleared out. But we did not kidnap him. We did like, not kidnap like him. Casey and Dan did with, with Joey from Varsity. <laughs> but we did give him the, the gifts and he was very appreciative of it and chatted with us for another, you know, 20 minutes or however long. It was a long time. We had a really good chat. It was another kind of mini interview. Can I tell one side story of that that I just thought was funny? Yeah, go for it. So the Oxys are based out of New York. They're very New York. Yes. Chrissy, who is, is you know, works with the team and is Dee's fiance, lives in California in LA. So like a year ago-ish, Dee moved out to LA to, to for her. And more recently has moved back to New York. So I asked him, 
can I ask why you moved back to New York? And and without missing a beat, he goes, because L.A. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it there. <laughs> he was like, the second, the second she told me she wanted to move, I was like, I'm already packed. Let's get out of here. <laughs> so now the Oxys are reunited in New York, and it's a beautiful thing. Sorry, D, if I put any of your personal business out there just yeah. now. I thought it was a funny story. He's put it public on the socials. I don't feel like it's a secret. So. Yeah, yeah. He's like, fuck, I even broke my lease. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> he said, I broke my lease. I had to go. <laughs> I don't have any personal feelings one way or the other towards LA, but I think it's hilarious when people hate LA. That's a funny gag to me. Right. But it was it was just awesome getting to chat with him how we did. And it, and my my friends Aaron and Jerry were there as well, getting to chat with him as, as well. And made made them feel super comfortable and afterwards they were blown away with the experience my my buddy jerry said that they he came for Corey taylor but he will remember the oxys the most from from that night so there you go so good on the oxys so moving on to sunday um i don't think that people have heard enough from kc and i so i think we're going to start this one <laughs> with our set and then <laughs> and then we'll let dan wrap it up with 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 his um family adventure yeah so if you if you listen to the upheaval series, the upheaval recap in particular, you probably heard that that Casey and I missed part of day one uh, due to to a medical issue. Yeah. And that part of day one that we missed was Memphis Mayfire. And so, well, among others, but yeah, they came through town on Sunday and we had a chance to write that wrong. And so we did. And as a bonus, we were doing a little bit of scouting because we'd been in touch with the PR people for one of the openers, which is a band called Another Day Dawns. And so Memphis Mayfire was out with Another Day Dawns and Catch Your Breath, and they were playing at the Itches. It's almost official venue, the Red Flag. Home away from home, yeah. Home away from home. Four different venues, four different shows, I want to note. Yes, yes. That's pretty sweet, too. That's awesome, by the way. Yeah. Yes, I love that. So back to the Red Flag, and we had a good time. We did. And... Uh, Another Day Dons did a phenomenal job as an opening act. I do want to note right off the bat that the lead singer, we heard like two of their singles that, that we got in the email and, and then seeing them live, they, he kind of reminds me of like a combination of Thrice and Jonathan Davis. Yeah. Spe- specifically in the vocals. I, I, yeah. I agree that they, that's a, that's a pretty good assessment. But they they did a fantastic job. I want to chat about something I haven't seen anybody do at Red Flag before and I thought was really cool was he came off stage and hopped down and went. So at the Red Flag, you have when you enter right in front of you, directly in front of you is sort of a little bit of a balcony overhang and a few tables and seats. And then you go to the right and there's the massive or there's there's the stage and the standing area. He actually came down from the stage and walked over into the seats. Yeah. And was kind of, I don't remember if he was, you know, giving people knuckles or what, but hyping people up. But he kind of he kind of took a little lap for a second and then came back. And I I I'm a huge sucker for for people going off stage mm-hmm. and just roaming around a venue. And so, especially as the the opening act and you're not even, you know, the headliner pull on that one, I love it. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> also, I want to note that there from Scranton, Pennsylvania. So I kept thinking about The Office the whole time. The Office, yes. <laughs> and the bassist, I think it was the bassist, uh, looked eerily similar to Weird Al. 
he had a Hawaiian shirt and curly hair. Long curly hair. <laughs> and the stage was and the stage was dark, which uh, I thought it was too dark to be honest for basically all three yeah. bands to just throw that one out there. It wasn't all that well lit, so he definitely it was like it was like Weird Al, but you know his, his long curly hair was like kind of covering his face, so he was obscured. So we were like, maybe it is. <laughs> for right now, in this moment, let's just say it is. Weird Al on bass, always a plus. <laughs> yeah, but they they did a fantastic job. And uh, moving on to Catch Your Breath, I'm really curious about your your take on how they did because they're going to be on Ship Rock, so I've been looking forward to seeing or looking forward to seeing them. Yeah, um, this was their second quote unquote like headlining set. I, they weren't the headliner, but they they extended set. I guess is a better way of saying that. Yeah, 45 minutes, 10 songs. They said, yeah, they yeah. hadn't played that long before, I guess. So Nice. Yeah, so that was the second time the second time they've ever done that. And I I know that I've heard of them like and heard their music on Octane and, and a few other things. I didn't realize how many songs that I had, had recognized. Both of their major singles start with something about closing my eyes. Yes, that's it. That's <laughs> it. That, we've, we've talked about that. Catch your breath, close your eyes. They're always telling you to do stuff. And then yeah. Yeah. Their, their closing song was called Give Me a Reason. They're always just, they're very commanding, these guys, always trying to tell you stuff. And I don't know, I don't know what it is about Red Flag's venue itself, but everybody wants there to be moshing going on at all times. And I don't <laughs> think, I don't think the venue wants it to happen. <laughs> he was definitely word aliving it and yes. talking about the pit and everybody waking up like the whole time so there's more stuff he wants you to catch your breath open your eyes or close your wake eyes or whatever yeah. wake up <laughs> mosh i don't know nice yeah but they they did a very nice job up on stage and the, the lead singer has uh, a great command of the crowd and he has a great uh catch your breath and memphis mayfire both have a good mix of clean vocals and screaming so they if you're if you like that combination of things they did a great job these guys i won't again they weren't really my flavor but um one positive thing i do want to note about them very cool shirts yes whoever's doing their art they're on point yeah i was like i would i would almost i would almost buy this pizza merch just on the quality of the merch itself (laughs) like (laughs) So you finally got to see Memphis Mayfire this year. I had already seen them twice this year. What was your impressions? <laughs> so we got we got a, we have a funny story. Uh, two two funny stories actually. So first first off, Maddie, you know they play the opening song. Then after after that's over, he's like, "Thank you for coming out tonight. We know that you had a choice in seeing Papa Roach." And uh... he, goes, yeah. he goes, "Thank you all for not going to Shine Down." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like i'm just kidding i love those guys <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is fair is fair uh, again you know yeah. shine down is one of the biggest rock bands around and papa roach is no slouch either they're gonna take a lot of your audience <laughs> yeah that's why i wanted to ask you like how crowded was it it wasn't the most crowded show we've seen there but it was it was it, solid it was it was fairly full for considering what was going on around town yeah, I would put it about on par with the uh, with the set it off show that we saw last year with yes. the, the previous Oxy show. Yes, we want to call attention to one thing that happened um, their previous show. So Maddie at the Red Flag fell off the stage at one point. Oh wow! And br- ended up breaking his ribs, 
And so, so at the red the, flag, at red his flag, leg. Was the, he said. Oh, okay. I swear he said his leg. I thought yeah. I thought he I thought he said ribs, but I could be wrong. So Maddie falls off the stage, hurts himself, and there was a there was a paramedic that was in the crowd, and she she patched him up, so to speak. And uh, <laughs> but I I think I think they had to kind of uh, close the show at that point because it was it was that bad of an injury. Yeah. So he is like, listen. So for one, Memphis Mayfire, just like us, was making up for a medical issue yeah that ruined the last time so because last time we were here i broke my leg falling off the stage so tonight we're gonna make it up to you and so it was really cool that yeah late in the set that same paramedic girl who had taken care of him was like in the very front and so he pointed her out and he was so excited that she was there again to see them yeah but before the show uh, with the band or stagehand or somebody had taken in bright green duct tape on the side of the stage where he fell off before <laughs> and written in duct tape no Maddie. <laughs> and he had a barrier that he was apparently not supposed to cross. <laughs> nice. Because they were not going to risk that happening again. <laughs> and that was highly entertaining. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, You just get that that band has really good chemistry with its members and, and um, between them. And I, I love hearing the guitarist sing. Like He's got a really good voice, too. Yeah. Yes, that was one of my notes. I also want to just kind of point out it's not it's not even just that he's such a great vocalist. He almost sounds very similar to Maddie. Like it's kind of exactly hard where to, it's going to go. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of hard to to pick pick out which one is singing at certain parts. So Memphis Mayfire earlier in their career especially they leaned more into like the pure metalcore and there was a lot more uh harsh vocals, a lot more screaming. Over time they've kind of soft not softened up, but they've kind of radioed it up. And, you know, Maddie started singing and Maddie has a great singing voice. Yeah. But what you have with their guitarist that works perfectly is since he does mesh so well and sound so similar to Maddie, you can pretty much have Maddie doing both things at the same time because he can be screaming. The other guy singing. The other guy sounds enough like him that it may as well be the same person. And so it's really a best of both worlds situation. And they they worked so well together. Yeah, I agree they had these really strange lighting rigs that kind of turned inward. I, mm-hmm. It was, I don't really know how to describe it, but they, I've got photos. They're crappy, but maybe we'll post them anyway. I don't know. <laughs> Just to illustrate the point. Yeah. yeah. But so it was kind of hard to see the guitarist from where I was standing because of the light rig it was like, right, right in his line of sight. But, uh, Casey wouldn't move. He, he, yeah. he, he I was like, dude, you could, you could, you could go over there and you might be able to get it. And he's like, nah, yeah, get a I'm better good. shot. Nope. I got, nope. He was good. going to lean against this post that I always lean against. Yeah. <laughs> that is like the itch post. The itch the post. post. Yeah. <laughs> they put on a good set. Uh, they went about 15 songs or so. And probably half of it was from remade in misery. Their album that came out in 2022, which is really They've guys, I don't know how many albums they have, seven or something like that. But that was the first time that I had really paid attention to them. And I that album has really grown on me, and I think it's it's excellent. Um, and so I was very pleased to hear that much of it in the set. Well, and you know, for whatever reason, Memphis Mayfire kind of was never on my radar the entire time of you know doing the radio show. Their sound has always been adjacent to what we gravitate towards. Yeah. The whole metalcore thing is we're only just now really starting to touch on it very much. 
Right. But what I, what I will say is I, I understand now watching them live, why they are kind of such an influence on the younger generation now coming up into the scene. Mm. So, so I get it. I don't know about you. I was tired from the night before, but this is still worthwhile. It was, it was cool to go out and see these guys to check that off my list. We got to, you know, take a photo with the guys from another day dawns and introduce ourselves to them. And so they were very nice. They were really appreciative of us coming out and introducing ourselves because we made, made a point to say that you know we were here from the PR people and trying to potentially set up a conversation down, down the line. You'll probably be hearing more from that band on the itch. So while you guys were at the red flag uh, there, you know, you said it was kind of busy, right? But um, I was across town at the at the Hollywood Casino Amphitheater and it was freaking packed. <laughs> Everybody in town showed up for the Shinedown concert. Holy cow. <laughs> um, and, and, and what's funny is like, so I'm a part of the Octane group, which is a national group. There's like 60,000. I think it's probably way more than 60,000 now, but there's like 60,000 plus people in this Facebook group for Octane listeners. And like for the last couple of days leading up to this concert and the days after it, I saw nothing but posts about, Oh, I can't wait to see shine down in St. Louis. Like, it's like for, for one. So two points with that had no idea. So many people in St. Louis listen to Octane. I should expect it because radio stations right here suck. Um, but mm-hmm. the other thing is too, is like, I, I, I just, I know shine down is big, but like considering that there was three bands here, I had no idea that they were going to, cause I'm probably, I'm pretty sure it, it was sold out. And if it wasn't sold out, it was close to sold out. It was fucking packed. So well, that's say I brought my family out to the Hollywood Casino Amphitheater and we parked in East Jesus to, to walk all the way up. <laughs> <laughs> Did you tell Jacoby to just run? <laughs> no, no, not through a parking lot. Are you kidding me? Um, I know. I know. I know. I, I, no. I like that you opened Pandora's box by taking him to the grandson show. And now it's just like, sometimes we're going to have family concerts. That's just going to be yeah, a thing. Why now, not? Once in a yeah. while. Why not? Well, I mean, Jacoby, my, my youngest son, who's five, he loves Papa Roach. Jacoby Shaddix is like his idol. Cause it's one of the only guys he knows that has his name. And I never thought about that when naming my child. Like I never thought like, Oh, he, you know, he's not going to have anybody to relate to because nobody has his name. Like, I, you know, I, I didn't, relate to anybody because i didn't want to but my name was dan everybody had that fucking name i didn't think about it and so i didn't want to and so like you know he gravitates towards people and things named jacoby because not a lot of people have that name and so you know he he really loves hearing the band pop roach and every time that uh he you know he can he tries to so we wanted to take them out to the show to get them to experience Papa Roach live as soon as possible. So, yeah, I was really excited because like when I first looked at the prices of these tickets, they were stupidly expensive um, and I was not going to pay <laughs> to bring a child to a concert for like 60 bucks. It's just insane. And so thankfully, like the, I waited. Tickets went on sale. They had like a four pack deal. I got them. It was great. And, you know, because the reason I mentioned that is because because I didn't pay so much for these concerts, I was OK. And we had told the kids this. We brought both our children, uh, our son, Dean, who is seven, and then our youngest, Jacoby. We brought both our children to the concert. There was four of us. And we told them that, you know, we're here to see Pop Roach and they were there to see Pop Roach, too. So if they wanted to see all of Shinedown, that was fine. But if they wanted to leave early during Shinedown, that was fine, too. And they said, and my son, Dean, who's seven, he's like, no, I'm I'm here to see Shinedown. I want to see Shinedown. I'm, I'm going to see the whole set. I'm like, OK. 
All right, we'll see how you feel <laughs> after this starts. So we I bring that up because, you know, I bring up where we parked because we parked all the way in the back of the parking lot. We had to walk all the way to the front of the venue and then all the way around the venue and then you know, to, to your seats and stuff. And the other thing that was weird is like, so I don't know if they were understaffed at the venue or what, but they had three of the rows closed off like at, at the, you know, the main walkway on the, at the yeah. Casino Theater, they had the stairs closed off. So you basically had to come through the front entrance to your seats. It was so weird. Mm. And it seemed like a fire hazard, too. Like if, you know, everybody's um. <laughs> fleeing, like you got to move these freaking rails to get out. It was just really weird um, and a pain in the ass, too, because like I, I use those to get up to my seats because my seat was right there. But then you had to go through the front and then, you know, they they pigeonhole people at that point, too. So that was really annoying. But the concert started at 640, which was strange in itself, too. Um, Spirit Box got on stage. (laughs) Uh, It was weird. Yeah. So Spirit Box started playing They're You know, they're they're good. They're really good live. Um, Their music is just I don't know. It's just not my thing. Like, I I, I appreciate what they do. And I I think that there's definitely a, a, a niche for them. But I don't know. It's just it's just not my thing. I, I can't explain it because they like yeah, they, your, your music sounds like a lot of a lot of the stuff that I listen to. It's just, you know, I've tried to listen to it and it's just I don't know. But the one thing I wanted to know is that Courtney's got a great voice live, but she's really weird on stage. And what I mean by that is like so everybody has like their own style, their own moves. And if, if nobody believes that, then just look at Mick Jagger. The dude's got his own way yeah. about him swagger like, yeah swagger yeah so like most most of your famous rock stars they all have this their own swagger like that is very recognizable to them hers is is like half pop star half like drill sergeant like i don't i can't explain it she's like she like has these like pop star moves where she'll like do like a little dance and, and kind of you know swim a little bit or whatever swim her, her body <laughs> And then, like, the next thing, she's, like, doing crunches and, like, ready to, uh, like, uh, kill you. I don't know. Like, kicking you in the yeah. face. Like, <laughs> so. She's doing Tybo up on stage. Yeah, exactly. So, that that was that was her stage presence. And, and so, and, and then there was a lot of uh, walking around. Their stage was set up really weird because they had, like, this big upper area. And then it, like, kind of went down a couple stairs to a, a main, like, front stage area. Um, and so that was like usually where the singers were was in that front area. And maybe it was just their, how their setup was. I don't know, because like every band had their own unique stage that they brought took took down and brought up. Like, I thought that was the craziest thing to me, because like, I, I don't know. I thought that like Papa Roach's stuff would be set up on stage and Spirit Box just be playing in front of it. But no, as soon as as soon as they were done, they started taking down all the stage lights and stuff. I was like, whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so so what were your what were your boys reactions to spirit box did they have any have any uh um not really they didn't recognize the songs they were, they thought it was you know they were okay jacoby was hungry by that oh, point hangry and acting like a five-year-old yes yeah, yeah, yeah. um so he, <laughs> he was he was ready for papa roach at that point he just kept letting everybody know it <laughs> yeah, letting everybody know it. So I'm sure the people around us really loved that. 
but so you know, I I, I got him some damn popcorn. <laughs> Shut him up. <laughs> this is a learning experience. He's finding yes. the solution. I left. I came back with pretzels and popcorns, and and we were good. <laughs> and so Papa Roach took the stage, dude, and and they killed it. Like we were there to see Papa Roach, and they did not disappoint. They started their set off with "Between Angels and Insects," and like that's one of my favorite songs. And just boom, hits you right off the bat with their best songs, like "Kill the Noise," second, "Getting Away with Murder," third. It was it was so cool. And then like so they start playing the fourth song "To Be Loved," and Jacoby Shaddix goes into the crowd and he starts running like through the uh, the seats basically of the of the Hollywood Amphitheater. And like he was coming close to us. I thought I thought for sure he was going to get near us. No, he didn't. But um, yeah, he <laughs> basically played the whole song while in the crowd. They did Firestarter cover again. And the one thing I, I thought was really cool about their set is like about halfway through every, the whole band left the stage and they played like a 30 second mental health PSA uh, huh. about how, you know, he he's fight fought he's fought his demons and you know how their music is always there to support and then they basically went over the suicide prevention hotline the 988 number which was just really cool and that that's to me was such a cool thing for my boys to see because yeah. you know he ta- he talks about his struggles and and how he pours himself into his music and how it means so much like when people come up to him and say that their you know their music saved their lives and so it was really cool cuz then he basically asked everybody to turn their lights on and then they played leave a light on. And that was, that was incredible because it's dark by this time. And the place was full. Like there was 15,000 people. I don't know how many people the venue holds. I think it's around 15,000. And I guarantee you there was probably 7,000 of those phones or, you know, Mm -hmm. if not more all lighting up the venue, like it was bright. And so like the kids that they were, they were in awe, but like when, (laughs) Papa Roach started like the boys were standing on their chairs. Hannah looks over and she's like, oh, my God, this is so freaking cute. (laughs) (laughs) And like because they're singing along, they're loving it. They know all the lyrics and shit to Between Angels and Sex. And like all the uh, fans around us are loving it, too, because the boys are really into it. Uh, But yeah, they killed it. Like after Leave a Light On, they played No Apologies, Born for Greatness, Help and, and Last Resort. So. We got we got to see all the songs we wanted to see. The boys got to see all the songs that they wanted to see. They were just fantastic. Couldn't ask for more. Nice. I was I was going to ask did did Carl Roach make an appearance? No, he did not. Uh, they did not even play that song. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah, sad. it was really kind <laughs> of like a sad for sad for Carl. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a, a greatest hits as opposed to focusing yeah. on their newer songs. And then Shinedown took the stage shortly thereafter. And, uh, you know, they sounded great. And it was funny because the, the boys were all ready for Shinedown at, at the beginning of the night. And as soon as they took the stage, they were not ready. They were ready to go home. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so they, they, they the wore out all willing. their energy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Spirit was willing, but the body was worn was out. out. Yes, yeah. three songs into it, and they're like, "We want to go home." We're like, "All right, let's go," which it worked out perfectly because we we were, you know as we were leaving, they started playing "Devil," which is like one of Dean's favorite songs by Shine Down, and then 
as we were kind of walking out to the car, Shinedown was playing all their uh, ballady type songs. So mm-hmm. if they were feeling tired and Shinedown started going into those types of songs, they probably would have they would have been out. Because <laughs> sure enough, they did pass out in the car on the way home. And that oh, they absolutely. are typically not the type that sleep in cars. So that just goes to show you how tired they were. Yeah. <laughs> you have to find some matinee shows for these kids. Oh, man, I wish. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so incredible night for, for me and my family to see uh, Shine Down, Papa Roach, and, and Spirit Box. They all put on a great show. And uh, definitely, I'm glad that St. Louis showed up to that because that was just incredible. Like everybody was there. That actually makes me um, happier for the turnout that Memphis got. Again, they, yeah. I thought they did. I thought they did fine on on the on the crowd, but the fact that that Shinedown show was that packed, and there's certainly some degree of overlap between those two audiences. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think even like the most recent Point Fest wasn't as packed as this this concert was. Mm. Wow. Okay. Yeah, people showed up. I guess you know because it was a Sunday night on a holiday weekend, and most people probably found some kind of a deal like I did for ticket prices yeah. and. But yeah, because I ran into a couple of our friends as well. I ran into David and Shelley, who apparently had VIP boxes. They're like, oh, oh are we more VIPs. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was, I was jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anybody knows this, but uh, that's actually exactly why Dan and Hannah had two kids. And not more or less is because they had the foresight to know that you can only buy concert tickets in four packs. Nobody sells them yeah. in three packs. <laughs> Nobody sells them in five packs. Or five. Yeah, that's it's true. It's always four. You got it. Good thinking ahead, guys. You did a good job. <laughs> yeah, that and we didn't want to be outnumbered. But yeah. Yeah, you got to at least yeah. have that one to one. We did a good job for Labor Day, guys. I'm, I'm proud of the work that we did here in the shows that we saw. It was there was much rocking to be done this weekend. And, and we did it. We yeah, did. it's 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 awesome to know that we represented at four four concerts at two days. Yeah, I'm amazed at four different venues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at four different <laughs> venues, yeah, we were all over. We get around, guys. We get around. Like we, we do. Did. We do. <laughs> Real proud of our work. I also, before we wrap up, I want to take a quick note to say something that we, you know, we haven't said it in a while. I don't feel like, and so I want to make sure that we're very clear about this. But uh, to the listener. But we know that uh, there are a lot of things vying for your time, and it means a lot to us that you give us some of that time, especially for episodes like this where we're cramming four concerts into one episode. Um, So if you're sticking around at the end of this listening, then you are fantastic, and we deeply appreciate you. Definitely. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And, and, you know, we try to make them as entertaining as possible, but... That's up to you. (laughs) (laughs) We like to bring some, hopefully some humor, some insight um, just about the music world. I feel like we got a, a decent combination of things and hopefully listeners agree. Yeah. yeah. If not, let us know and we'll see if, uh, we'll just, you know, we'll keep keep honing these skills. And all I can say is we have big things in the works. Oh, yeah. We're going to be busy through the end of this More. year. ha, 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 ha. All right. Thank you very much for listening to the Itch's Labor Day Extravaganza Concert Festival, Festival, Fiesta, whatever you want to call it. Like we were Dude, fucking partying all weekend. Fiesta is fantastic. Fiesta is an awesome word. That's what this episode is going to be called now. We need, we need to trademark this shit. <laughs> Coining it. <laughs> Labor Day weekend Fiesta. Festival. <laughs> I just wrote it down. It's happening. 
awesome. <laughs> It'll be trademarked before this episode goes live. <laughs> You're welcome for that. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens in these marathon recordings. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to the Itch Podcast. My name is Dan. I'm Casey. And I'm Aaron. And I'm fucking done. This is too long. <laughs> <laughs> if you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about the Itch. Check out the show notes for links about the episode, as well as our new music playlist and where you can hear us every Sunday night. And you can interact with us at itchrocks.com or on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail, all at itchrocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S. <laughs> I like <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it's not even an until next time. He's just done. <laughs> it's not fucking done. <laughs> he, just, he just quit. <laughs> At the end of the episode. <laughs> this festival shit was too long. <laughs> took, a, took like 175 episodes. And we finally got him to just not even say until next time. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I am for real going to call it like the Labor Day weekend festival. Whatever you said, I'm going to try to put as many of those words as I can in there. Extravaganza. Yeah. Oh, man.